Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. Today, a reading from the Free Grace Broadcaster of Summer 2021. And as I say each time when I do the Free Grace Broadcaster, you are welcome to have one of these little quarterly sent to your home every three months. Just write to chapel at mountzion.org. Chapel at mountzion.org. There'll be a different subject in each quarterly. The subject this time is Providence. The booklet is made up of many preachers. One of the preachers is Thomas Watson, and that's who we're with today. Thomas Watson was the Puritan who was Spurgeon's favorite uh, English nonconformist Puritan preacher and author, uh, born in Yorkshire, England, of the UK. Thomas Watson, 1620 to 1686, and we know, says he, that all things work together for good to them that love God, Romans 8, 28. The grand reason why all things shall work for good is the near and dear interest that God hath in his people. The Lord hath made a covenant with them. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. By virtue of this compact, all things do and must work for good to them. I am God, even thy God, Psalm 50, verse 7. This word, thy God, is the sweetest word in the Bible. It implies the best relations, and it is impossible that there should be these relations between God and his people without all things working for their good. The following inferences may be drawn from the proposition that all things work for the good of the saints. Number one, if all things work for good, hence learn that there is a providence. Things do not work of themselves, but God sets them working for good. God is the great disposer of all events and issues. He sets everything working. His kingdom ruleth over all. It is meant of his providential kingdom. Things in the world are not governed by second causes, by the counsels of men, by the stars and planets, but by divine providence. Providence is the queen and governess of the world. There are three things in providence. Number one, God's foreknowing. Number two, God's determining. And three, God's directing all things to their periods and events. Whatever things do work in the world, God sets them working. That which is by some called chance is nothing else but the result of providence. Learn to adore providence. Providence has an influence upon all things here below. It is this that mingles the ingredients and makes up the whole compound. Secondly, observe the happy condition of every child of God. All things work for his good, the best and worst things. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness, says Psalm 112, verse 4. The most dark, cloudy providences of God have some sunshine in them. What a blessed condition is a true believer in. When he dies, he goes to God. While he lives, everything shall do him good. Affliction is for his good. What hurt does the fire to the gold? It only purifies it. 
What hurt does the fan to the corn? It only separates the chaff from it. What hurt do leeches to the body? They only suck out the bad blood. God never uses his staff but to beat out the dust. Affliction does that which the word many times will not. It opens the ear to discipline. When God lays men upon their backs, then they look up to heaven. God's smiting his people is like the musicians striking upon the violin, which makes it put forth a melodious sound. How much good comes to the saints by affliction? When they are pounded and broken, they send forth their sweetest smell. Affliction is a bitter root, but it bears sweet fruit. It yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Affliction is the highway to heaven. Though it be flinty and thorny, yet it is the best way. Poverty shall starve our sins. Sickness shall make grace more helpful. Reproach shall cause the spirit of glory and of God to rest upon us. Death shall stop the bottle of tears and open the gate of paradise. A believer's dying day is his ascension day to glory. Hence it is the saints have put their afflictions in the inventory of their riches. A child of God may say, If I had not been afflicted, I had been destroyed. If my health and estate had not been lost, then my soul had been lost. Number three. See then what an encouragement here is to become godly. All things shall work for good. Oh, that this may induce the world to fall in love with religion. Can there be a greater lodestone to piety? Can anything more prevail with us to be good than this? All things shall work for our good. Religion is the true philosopher's stone that turns everything into gold. Take the sourest part of religion, the suffering part, and there is comfort in it. God sweetens suffering with joy. He candies our wormwood with sugar. Oh, how may this bribe us to godliness. Acquaint now thyself with God, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. No man did ever come off a loser by his acquaintance with God. By this, good shall come unto you, abundance of good, the sweet distillations of grace, the hidden manna, Yea, everything shall work for good. Oh, then get acquaintance with God. Espouse his interest. Number four. Notice the miserable condition of wicked men. To them that are godly, evil things work for good. To them that are evil, good things work for hurt. For example, temporal good things work for hurt to the wicked. Riches and prosperity are not benefits, but snares, as Seneca says. <clears throat> Seneca was the Roman philosopher and statesman uh, from, who lived uh, right around the time of Jesus. <clears throat> All their enjoyments are like Israel's quails, which were sauced with the wrath of God. Pride and luxury are the twins of prosperity. Thou art waxen fat, then he forsook God. Riches are not only like the spider's web, unprofitable, but like the cockatrice's egg, pernicious. Riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. 
The common mercies wicked men have are not lodestones to draw them nearer to God, but millstones to sink them deeper in hell. Their delicious dainties are like Haman's banquet. After all their lordly feasting, death will bring in the bill, and they must pay it in hell. Spiritual good things work for hurt to the wicked. That was temporal, now spiritual. From the flower of heavenly blessings, they suck poison. The ministers of God work for their hurt. The same wind that blows one ship to the haven blows another ship upon a rock. The same breath in the ministry that blows a godly man to heaven blows a profane sinner to hell. They who come with the word of life in their mouths, yet to many are a savor of death. Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy. The prophet was sent upon a sad message to preach their funeral sermon. Wicked men are worse for preaching. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate. Sinners grow more resolved in sin. Let God say what he will, they will do what they want. As for the word thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. Jeremiah 44. The word preached is not healing, but hardening. And how dreadful is this for men to be sunk to hell with sermons. Prayer works for their hurt. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. A wicked man is in a great strait. If he prays not, he sins. If he prays, he sins. Let his prayer become sin. Psalm 109.7 it is a sad judgment if all the food that a man did eat should turn to ill humors and breed diseases in the body. So it is with a wicked man. The prayer that should do him good works for his hurt. He prays against sin and sins against his prayer. His duties are tainted with atheism, fly-blown with hypocrisy. God abhors them. The Lord's Supper works for their hurt. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? 1 Corinthians 10. Some professors kept their idle feasts, and yet would come to the Lord's table. The apostle says, do you provoke the Lord to wrath? Profane persons feast with their sins, yet will come to the feast at the Lord's table. This is to provoke God. To a sinner there is death in the cup. He eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. 1 Corinthians 11. Thus the Lord's Supper works for hurt to impenitent sinners. After the sop, the devil enters. Christ himself works for hurt to desperate sinners. He is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. He is so through the depravity of men's heart, for instead of believing in him, they are offended at him. The sun, though in its own nature pure and pleasant, yet it is hurtful to sore eyes. Jesus Christ is set for the fall as the rising of many. Sinners stumble at a Savior and pluck death from the tree of life. As chemical oils recover some patients but destroy others, so the blood of Christ, though to some it is medicine, to others it is condemnation. Here is the unparalleled misery of such as live and die in sin.
The best thing works for their hurt. But the medicines, the would-be medicines themselves, kill. We have to stop there. I know it's a little bit early, but to do the whole thing would make us maybe a little bit late. I want to remind you to look around the site for works of other great men of God, to look around for the North Korea audios and the studies, the many studies that we've put together through about the Quran and Muhammad and so on. And check, click on store to check out the 61 titles that are there. One of them is before me right now. It's called The Scroll of Revelation. It's the book of Revelation. It's a commentary on it. The Apostle John places a blessing on those who read, hear, and keep the words of the book of Revelation. So no more excuses, okay? God says we can understand it. So we got to start digging. You may not agree with all my findings, but let me help get you started on this totally worthwhile project. May the Jesus of Revelation and the revelation of Jesus astound you in this book. It's called The Scroll of Revelation. Just click on a store. That'll take you over to Amazon, where for a dollar, if you're a Kindle person, you can read the whole thing, or you can buy the whole book. It's really not that expensive. I, I have the uh, audios already. Uh, we've done the Scroll of Revelation on here. Just look that up. And you'll be able to just listen if you're a listener rather than a reader. Okay, we have a blog on this site. We have Zoom meetings that you can contact me for. 7 o'clock Central Time, Saturdays, every seven, every Saturday evening. I'll send you a link in exchange for you first sending me an email saying who you are and, and that you would like to be a part of this. Facebook friends, look me up at Bob Faulkner in Niles, Illinois. Let's fellowship together that way. Just send me a friend request. And then YouTube is here. Um, there was a site called Old Brother Bob. We've switched that over. You might still see that old name somewhere. But uh, just go to the Hackberry House of Chosun. And I believe you'll find that. Just go to YouTube first and then type in the Hackberry House of Chosun. And uh, subscribe. And when I get enough subscriptions, I'll be able to give you a link that's very easy, much easier to find. Right now, I have to go with a link that is so long that I, I wouldn't want to give it in, in this uh, format. Okay, that's it. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. Next time, of course, back to Ezekiel. Then we'll finish uh, this Watson piece the time after that. It is uh, June the 30th, 2021, as, as you listen, 629 as I speak. And uh, anyway... This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and Lord willing, we do get to talk again real soon. Bye-bye.